Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders, for women who want to thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Dina Patton. Dina has worked with thousands of purpose-driven companies and world-changing leaders around the globe to help them build great companies that break records with their revenues and impact. She transforms three key pillars of your business, your marketing and sales plan to increase your profits, your greatness mindset to elevate your vision and leadership, and your systems to expand your business growth. Dina has garnered over 60 media stories, including CNN, Entrepreneur Magazine, and Business Journal. Her best-selling book, The Greatness Game, helps business owners to lead with boldness and greatness. She's passionate about helping people build great businesses. Hi, Dina. I'm very pleased to welcome you. Thank you, and thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I love your topic, obviously, as I'm an entrepreneur myself, and it's not easy to build a business. And we think, obviously, about what we want to sell and what are our strengths and what can we contribute and what are our competencies. But from my own perspective, I know it's very overwhelming once you start. You can't even imagine what is coming to you once you make this big leap into the self-employed world. And wow, there's so much to do. And I would like to go with you today through these three key pillars that I've just mentioned in your bio. Maybe a first question could be, why do you think the three pillars are so important? Why did you determine exactly these three? That's a great question because it didn't start with three. When I started this business in New York City 20 years ago, there were about nine or 10 areas that I really coached my entrepreneurs and business owners in. And you know, through the years, I think as we get older, as we get more refined in our business, we really understand what our brilliant lane is. What do we do really well? What is in demand? And it got smaller and smaller and smaller over the years. And these three really came through because one, they're my brilliant lane. They're where my highest and best uses of my experience, my training, all of my brilliance is really in system strategy and mindset. But also, it's a pretty big need. You know, when you are a business owner, especially, or a leader, these three things are crucial to success. And it's like a three-legged bar stool. Without one, it's going to tip over. So I just, you know, over the years, I've refined them and have a methodology around all three of them to really move people from good to great, because most people have some level of systems or some level of strategy and some level of mindset, but it's usually mediocre or good. And I want to move them to great. So that's the, the, the short version of how I landed on these three. Is there a tendency that people lack one of the three more than the others? Well, most people love mindset work and getting better in their leadership and their mindset. And, and I think most people nowadays know how important mindset is because you never outsell our mindset, right? You never outdo your mindset. 
So mindset is really important and that everything that comes with it. So your beliefs, your habits, your thinking, your self-care, like everything self starts in your mindset. So I think a lot of people are very attracted to that because they want to become better leaders. They want to become more successful. I think most people don't really love strategy and they don't love systems. I think most people avoid systems until it becomes really painful. And then they realize that their business is really heavy and hard and exhausting. And they realize, oh gosh, I need better systems. So they have to create them. (laughs) So I would say the mindset self-work is is the most popular and then strategy is second and then systems is third. But systems are, are one of those things like you can't convince people to have systems because they'll talk themselves out of it or they'll sabotage them until they're ready. And, when, and then when they're ready, they're like, oh man, I need an admin system or I need a better sales system or man, I have no onboarding system. I got to create an onboarding system because my clients say yes to me And then it it all falls apart because we don't have an onboarding system, right? So the pain has to be there for most people. And then they get their act together regarding systems. Yeah, I understand that very well. Then at some point, you suddenly get requests and then you can't follow up because you do not have anything automated in the background or any any plan. And when you start then to do everything manually, this can be quickly overwhelming. And then you use people very quickly. It's a fast, it's a fast world out there. And if they don't get an answer very, very fast, then you're out of the game already. Yeah. (laughs) So a question would be, um, let's imagine in the audience, we have different people, obviously, but we also have people who live or who are working in the corporate world and who might have an idea of, oh, maybe I build my own business sooner or later, but there are so many things to think of. So this is why we have this episode today as well. And for people out there who have shaped a business, but who feel, wow, there's a lot I need to optimize because I'm just not up to it. Money's not flowing in like it should. And it's maybe due to one of the three pillars or all three pillars. When we speak about systems and when you look at it from that perspective, so small or solo entrepreneurs or people who are just having in mind a business idea they might start with soonish or in the next one or two years, what, what are these kind of systems? You know, what can we imagine when you say systems? Mm-hmm. So it's such a good question regarding the new entrepreneur or the person who wants to make the leap from corporate to uh, their own business, because the idea, the dream is so big and we make the leap and then we find out very quickly there is a lot to do. And one of the biggest things that I would say straight up, and some people are not going to like this comment, but if you don't master your sales, you're building a hobby. And when we're building a business that first year, we're so excited and we get very focused on the thing that you're selling, right? The the product or the service that we don't create those systems. And what I see most people fail in is they're great at the product or the service, but they do not have a sales system. They don't know who they're selling to how they bring them in the steps of their sales to then convert. So there's the attraction game, which is getting in front of your target market and, and getting them to be attracted to you, right? Look at your brand, look at your blog, look at your book, look at your 
website, whatever that attraction game is, which is our marketing. And so you have to have some kind of system for that because what we don't want to do is one-off, just one-off, 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 because you'll be exhausted. So getting clarity in the system of attraction. And then when you have them attracted, what is the system of conversion? How do you invite them to buy from you? So is it a, a conversation, a consultation? Is it a home visit, right? Like I just worked with a high-end home remodeler company. That step to invite people to do an estimate, that is their bridge to revenue. You've got to get people into that estimate before you ever sell them remodeling services, right? So what you're not selling the remodeling services, you're selling the estimate, right? And that's part of really getting your head around the sales system is inviting people to get an estimate. So you can come out, see the project, give them an estimate, and then they buy the remodeling, right? So you've got to understand your steps of your business and everyone's different. You know, some people have four steps, some have two, some have seven. So every time I create a sales system for someone, it's different towards their business and their consumer. So you've got to look, what I want you to do is look at what are you selling and who are you selling it to? And then write down, like pretend you're in elementary school and you're just writing down the steps for a fifth grader, right? They do this first and they do this second and they do this third and simplify it like that in your head and don't make it complicated. I think people make business more complicated than it is. You got to know the steps so you can tell your consumer, your potential customer, the steps. This is how you work with me, right? Or here's the next step to work with me. So that that one system what that's going to do is get you into revenue because if you're not building revenue, you're building a hobby. So let's get a sales system in first and understand how you invite people to work with you so that you can get revenue in so that you can start paying yourself and then you have money to you know, buy more automation and software and maybe get an assistant and all those little things that we layer in in our first year. So that's my my. Number one piece of advice is you have to get your sales system clear and simple for you in your head so that you're communicating that through your speaking, your website, your social media, how to buy, what the next steps are. Mm -hmm. Would you say that it's better to have really one system? Because when I think now about my business, for example, you know, there's a podcast which attracts people, then there might be blog posts and there might be other social media posts, then there might be speaking opportunities and, yep. and whatever. I mean, there are many like places where people can join and then come to one place. Would you say, especially in the beginning, to focus on just one channel and to do that right before you expand it to different channels or different entry points? So I'm in the same boat with you, right? I have seven different spokes of marketing that get out in front of my target market, but they all lead to the same place, a consultation with me, right? So all the rivers land in, this, in the same place. So they all have the same call to action. They have the same first step. And that is get a consultation, go to call with Dina.live and get a consultation. So it doesn't matter if you have two spokes of marketing or eight or 10, they should be leading to that first step of, you know, if you're a product, maybe it's just your link buy here. But if it, your service in 
a consultation is a big part of your how you do things. It's get a consultation with me here. You have to be clear in the step, that one step. But back to the marketing folks is when you are a new entrepreneur, marketing can be very overwhelming and you try and try and you get exhausted and then you're going to quit, <laughs> right? So let's master one or two at a time, which really the magic of marketing is this, understanding the problem you're solving for the group you're trying to solve it for. So I'm very clear that I work with entrepreneurs with employee 10 to 75 employees. That is my, my business owner, my target market. That's who I get in front of. That's who I build relationships with. That's who I serve and I solve their problems. So if your target market is moms of toddlers or corporate HR directors, you got to get clear in who they are where they are, and then what problem you solve. If you get clear on those three things, cr then create a way to do that. You know, it might be a newsletter. It might be speaking. It might be networking. But start with one, like you said, start with one, then quickly build two. And then from there, you can start to build the three, four, five. But what I see, the mistakes that I see is people throw lots of spaghetti on the wall, <laughs> five different ways of marketing, and there, it's very hard to manage five different ways of marketing and see what really, really is sticking. So figure out one or two, master that, let that work for you, get some sales in, get some revenue in, and then expand to three and four. Let's build one step at a time instead of 10 steps at a time. Yeah, it's really about having the right focus and being very clear about that and having the courage and to let go or to not tackle everything. It's like defining your niche and have that courage to have a niche and not to like, it's for everyone, yes. <laughs> which, uh, which is also a discussion I think we could have for another 20 minutes probably. Yes. Let's move to the strategy. The second pillar is the strategy. How do you differentiate the strategy from the systems? And yes. just give us an example of that. Yeah. So systems are, are steps, how to do things. So I just worked with a PR agency in, in London and they needed to get tighter in their sales system, their onboarding system and their customer service system. So we were creating those steps. And when you create systems, like here are the seven steps of onboarding. Once someone says yes to us, they are a client. And this is how we onboard them into our company before we start working with them. And that for that company, there were seven steps of onboarding and there was specific steps and there were three different people who were implementing that. So, so we now know the steps of onboarding and who is doing what. When you create systems out of your head, onto paper, they should be written down in a place, like in a document of all your, your systems, your standard operating uh, procedures we're talking about. It's, it should be one document and they're written down. And that way they're delegatable. We cannot delegate things from our heads, right? And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. They, they throw something to someone else, marketing or financials or whatever it is, they delegate it without a system. And then they're mad because it wasn't done right. 
Well, if you had a system in place and you trained your person on the system, like these are the six steps of how to pay our bills. These are the seven steps of our onboarding. These are the steps of how we manage our calendar. So systems are tactical, tangible steps of how to run your business to become a well-oiled machine. Strategy is the plan to execute your vision. What are we doing this month and next month? And where are the milestones of where we want to be six months from now, one year from now, three years from now? So the clarity of your vision helps then create the strategy. You know, I want to be here in three years or one year. And then we can back create, right? Back engineer the strategy to hit milestones to then hit your vision. So that is a CEO mindset. That is, you know, to have strategy is really an advanced business owner's mindset because most entrepreneurs, small businesses, they're living in survival. They never created systems and they never created strategy. They're very much in the day-to-day fires and survival mode. So we want to shift from survival to strategy. You know, what am I doing this month? What am I doing in the next 90 days? What am I doing in the next six months? And staying focused around that. So that's the, the, the short of the difference between strategy and system. And whether it's you by yourself or you have three teammates or contractors or employees, everybody should know the strategy, you know, the direction the train is going because clarity moves the train. Confusion derails the train. When people are confused in the strategy and where we're going, confusion is is devastating to a business because the train's derailed. So let's get clear in the vision and then we can get clear, get everybody out of survival mode and into a strategy to hit milestones to get you to your vision. When you speak about vision, what would you define as mid and as long-term, especially when it comes to very small businesses or businesses where you have one to five people? Because Often we think, and that was also what I was thinking when I started off, you know, that in one year, a lot will happen. And one year is passing by so quickly. It's incredible. It's very hard to make clients in this first year. It's really about building everything up, the systems especially, which are not easy always to be built up. There are people saying you need five to 10 years to build a business. What is your take on the duration of these very small, especially consulting or coaching businesses? Yeah, I think old thinking is five to 10 years. We're not in that world anymore. You know, I've been doing this 20 years. I have coached thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs and business owners. And you're right. That's how people used to think by five years. What we did in five years, now people are doing in one year because of not only the free resources, free and low cost resources. I remember when I started my business 20 years ago, Even just getting the ability to run credit cards was like a 40-page application with your bank, and they had to approve you for a merchant account. And it was so many fees and so complicated that most entrepreneurs didn't take credit cards. Things that were heavy or hard years ago are now free. I have my own TV show 15 years ago. It was $5,000 a week for airtime. And now you have YouTube free. It's free. Anybody can have their own channel. So whether it comes to marketing or the resources or help 
things are very low cost or free today. So one, I would say this, don't just float along. Floating with no intention and no vision will only beget more floating. <laughs> floating begets floating, right? So intention begets intention. So for me, what I say to my clients is you want to click into that greatness mindset, create that vision. Where do you want your business to be in a year? Meaning, where do you want the revenue? What do you want to be making? What do you want your impact to be? You want to serve 20 people, 200 people, 200,000 people. How many people do you want to solve their problems? Because at the end of the day, business is about solving problems. The bigger problems you solve, the more money you make. So you've got to understand the problems you solve and get out there and solve problems. Now, the myth, or I think a, a little trap that people get into is they quit corporate and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so successful in this Fortune 500 company, billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. I have all this success. And they think that's going to translate to their own business. It doesn't. It just doesn't. The people who know you in corporate, like that world, you're a superstar in. But when you go into entrepreneurship, no one knows you. You have to translate that experience. What, what does translate is you have 20 years or 30 years in corporate. That experience is always with you. And so what you need to do is take that experience and go, how am I going to use 30, this 20 years or 30 years and translate it into something that's going to be sellable and knowing how to sell it. My biggest advice to people in their first year from corporate to entrepreneurship, wrap your head around your vision. Get really clear where you want to be in a year. That brings me to the mindset piece because that is also not so easy to be clear about your value, to be proud about your value, to feel that you really deserve that. And you call it greatness mindset. Can you describe that a bit? Yes. So we were all born with greatness, but we were also all born with smallness. So it's the mindset and we've, we've heard both in our mind. So the smallness voice is the whole job of our smallness voice is to keep us sur surviving, safe, comfortable. So that comfort zone becomes very, very addicting in our lives. And the greatness voice knows our highest potential. We were born for greatness, born to lead, born with a set of gifts that can make us as much money or little money as, as we want. But when we listen to our greatness mindset and we retrain our brain to listen to our greatness mindset and stop listening to the smallness mindset that says, I can't do it, or, I'm too old, or I'm too new, you know, I another big smallness statement I hear a lot. Well, I'm so new. I can only charge this little bit. And it's like, you're not, you're not charging for your newness. <laughs> you're charging for your value. If you are creating value for your customer and you are solving great problems for them, there's a price tag to that, right? So it's not It's not, oh, I'm on my first year and I have to diminish myself and stay in smallness. And then when I deem myself, I think people think that there's like an entrepreneur fairy that's going to come out and like deem you now good enough. Oh, now that you've had your business for three years, now you can charge 
good prices, you know, of your value. No, 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 no. <laughs> we charge our value and our worth right now. Just raise your prices. Like literally today, your homework is, your greatness homework, as I say to my clients, your greatness homework for the week, go into your website and raise your prices, at least 10%, if not more, right? Um, because if you don't honor your value, other people won't. I can look at their systems and know where their mindset is. If their business is a mess and chaotic, their mindset is in survival. They're just going day to day. They're not creating systems so their business is well-oiled. So everything is mindset first. And my book is The Greatness Game. And it's a very small book. You can literally read it under two hours because entrepreneurs are busy. They don't want to read some long book. And it's just my most powerful coaching advice around mindset, because this is where it starts. If you can't get your mindset around your value, around what you're doing, around your vision, if you're not standing for your values, how you're building your business, it's what you stand for. And you're not going to negotiate off your values. And it takes courage and a greatness mindset to stand for your values, especially when there's a client who does not match your values and they want to hire you. There's a moment, there's about five seconds right there where you're going to listen to your smallness. And it sounds like this. We really need the money. Say yes. And your greatness is going to say something like this. Not a match. <laughs> not a values match, say no, there's going to be a client right behind them. And you have five seconds to choose. And you've got to know what your smallness sounds like and how it is keeping you in low value and chaos and survival. And how I want you to retrain your brain to start listening to your greatness. And that is, it takes some time, you know, it really intentionally takes 30 to 60 days to really start practicing that. But when you listen to your greatness, it says things like that, like, this is not a match, refer them out because there's going to be a client behind them. And you're not in that scarcity mindset of like, I have to take everybody. Oh my God, I have to take everybody because you know what that does? It breeds fear and it breeds scarcity and it breeds just this low vibration and low self-esteem. And you're never going to get out of it unless you draw a line today and say, I'm done with my smallness. I am done listening to this thing that is sabotaging me, that is tangling me in negativity and doubt and fear. And I am going to start listening to my greatness that knows my gifts knows my passion and knows how to build my business and say yes to the right clients. And then I promise you, you'll have a totally different mindset 60 days from now, which a different mindset creates different results. I just always say you never outsell your mindset and you have to understand your value and the problems you solve so you can sell those your sales are going to become so much more effective is because you understand your value and your problems and set and you'll communicate that and your customers will. That sounds like a plan. And I think our audience has got a lot of wonderful tips from you where they can start with. Thank you also for mentioning your book. I think it's very interesting to read that and to look into the different techniques that you propose there. 
And I think it's possible. Everything is possible when we allow for it. And like you say, you need to have this greatness mindset. For me, it was one of the most difficult things to get over my smallness mindset because I realized, but only when I get on my own account, that I have that. Like you say, in the corporate world, I was a superstar. But then suddenly... I felt like a poor beginner again with my business and the whole smallness mindset and scarcity mindset was kicking in. So, yeah, I can very well relate to that. And I think many, many entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, know exactly that situation. You also have a gift for our customers. I have seen three gifts to change smallness habits into greatness habits. Do you want to speak about that? Sure. So part of mindset, and you kind of just touched on it right there, is especially in that first year of entrepreneurship, you're going to have some failing moments, smallness moments where you're like, I just, I suck. You know, it's just I suck moments, right? Where you just don't believe that this was a good idea. And self-care is a really, really important strategy. I would say a a self-care plan is just as important as your marketing plan, your business plan, Because self-care is the thing that keeps you fueled when this journey gets hard. I have been an entrepreneur for 27 years. My first business almost killed me. (laughs) And let me tell you, self-care in the last 20 years, taking care of my mind, my body, and my spirit is the thing why I have a thriving business. Because I'm the fuel of the train. And I keep myself very balanced and very fueled. And so my, if you go to amazinggreatness.com, there are three really powerful downloads that are going to help you with your greatness mindset and your self-care because self-care is part of getting that self-esteem and that mindset around what you're doing, even when you don't have a client or you have one client, you know, and and that smallness can get, have a heyday. With, oh, you only have one client. You suck. See, you should have never quit. You know, like it gets nasty and dark, but I am here to tell you, turn that radio dial of smallness down. You have the power to not listen to that smallness and literally turn it down and say, you don't serve me. I am not listening to you. And you have to listen to your greatness and say, I do have value. I do have gifts. And I'm going to go out there and market to my champagne and wine clients. So this self-care plan, amazinggreatness.com, it'll help you with the emotional mental game of entrepreneurship because it is dang hard. Yeah, thank you very much, Dina, for that. And thank you for being with us and for all the great insights. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I hope everybody got some good tips. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.